There we go. Welcome in, everyone. Mad Talk Sports, episode 52. Kyle, the Celtics guy. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, I think it's been about two months since I've been on. Been a while. Yeah, you came on. like the streak of like five straight. (laughs) You did the NBA preview, and then you kind of went into a little Celtics hidey hole, I guess. I had to watch my basketball, dude. Yep, fair. And I'm starting to get caught up, which is, you know, like I said to you the other day, why I wanted to to bring you back on is that'll be part of what we do today is we catch up on on the NBA. You know, we're about 30 games in, so we, we kind of know something by now. Uh, but today's title is the Year of the Dragons. So if you aren't aware directly or, or indirectly, so Chinese, you know, they have like, of course, the year of whatever, like this is the year of the rabbit in 2023, about 12 year cycles. So 2024 is the year of the dragon, which is a big deal for, for that culture. So out of uh, respect to that, and just as another theme of the, the episode here today, that's what today's called. Again, we're going to catch up on the NBA and then dive into the NFL because it's, you know, playoff pictures clearing up and we're kind of starting to figure something out before we wrap everything up with actually like making our picks for, for this week as always. So without, Without further ado, let's start with basketball. Again, we're about 30 games in, so we kind of know some stuff at this point. We've seen things play out. It's not just a small sample size. We're almost at the halfway point. So, Kyle, I'm going to let you kick it off because you've probably been more plugged in than me over the course of it. But what's your biggest surprise to this point? Uh, This isn't a good surprise, but I thought the Atlanta Hawks would be much better than they are. Right now, they are 12 and 18, and I thought they were going to be a top six seed in the East in the playoffs. And it's looking like they're wanting to trade DeJounte Murray a year and a half into the the experience with him and Trey. You know, I I thought that team was going to be good this year. I guess I'm wrong. You know, can't always bet a thousand percent, but no, that's a big surprise to me. Murray should just go back to San Antonio. They could use him right now. I think the Lakers are saying they might want him. The Lakers are that team, though, to where they always want everyone. Them in the heat. They're like, oh, yeah, we wanted him. Yep, exactly. Five months later in a report by, like, Woj. So I know with the Hawks, like, it was a narrative last year even that, you know, eventually they'd want to trade Trey Young if things weren't working out. Do you think that's still the case? I think you keep him. Because what he's still probably like twenty five ish. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I'm just guessing because he's like a he's couple a young years man. older than me. Yeah, right. so I'm just guessing twenty five, tw- probably turning twenty six soon. If I had to guess, I think you'd try this with him for another the rest of this season, and then if you request out, then you just hit reset, trade everyone, Capella, DeAndre Hunter, and just restart. Well, that's the thing is it seems like they have nice pieces in that they don't need to be in a hurry, but that's just the way it goes in the NBA. If it doesn't work for like two, three years, it's all right, tear it down, retry. Yeah, but like Trey Young, he has to be like, I think he could be really good on like the Sixers is like mm. Joel Embiid's second guy. Yeah. But hmm. I don't know. He's not a. Uh, the, the when they went to the conference finals against the Bucks a few years ago, that was the biggest fluke like in recent right. history of yeah. the NBA to me. Like I don't know, I oh, keep I don't him know. around, but 
I think they have to reset soon. They're not winning anything, these guys, anytime soon. That's fair. And you mentioned Joel Embiid. I think the Sixers have been a pleasant surprise, honestly. Like, they're not like world beaters or anything, but I think everyone expected them to fall apart with the James Harden stuff. But Max is taking that next step, and Embiid's even better than last year with his MVP season. Yeah, no, I hate the Sixers. This happens every year. Everyone's like, oh, they're going to fall apart. But then they're always in the top three yeah, of the fine. East. Yeah. Just because, yeah. you know, Embiid can will them so far in the regular season. But the He's playoffs, that's when, you know, everything falls apart for them. Yeah, that's that's fair. And that's the track record of most teams. But, hey, if you think to the Nuggets, like, that was what everyone said about them until it didn't. Now, obviously, they had more excuses with, like, injuries than, like, the Sixers had. Like, the Sixers, it's mostly examples of just straight-up chokage. So, I yeah. hear you there. Uh, but my my surprise is the Timberwolves. Like, I think that's, like, the obvious one as far as, like, just them being this good. Like, I, that's what's shocking to me. It's not that they're, you know, in the hunt or in the mix, but just the fact that they're they're still a one seed right now in the in the Western Conference. Yeah, they have the, they're 22-7 and seven right now, second-best record in the league. Oh, man, the Celtics. Celtics. <laughs> yeah. Funny how that works. I guess, no, I guess they have the third-best. They're behind the Celtics and the Bucks. Oh, fear the deer. No, yeah, but it just seems like, I don't, they had the same, almost, they they had a, they started with a D-Lo last year, but they started Connolly yeah. this year. So maybe he's that, you know, they just needed a distributor to like feed Edwards and Cat and get Gobert his, you know, lob touches he needs to be effective right. on offense. They've been really good. And, I've always loved Cat. I've always thought he was going to be really good. A lot of people don't like Gobert. I like him, but I I always thought that team was going to be good. And after last year, it's like it, you know, I was down on them. But I think this is what they should have been last year if Cat didn't miss most of the season. I think yeah. people forget that that their second or second or third best player, depending on what some people think, missed most of last season. And it's hard to win when you know. A guy who's been an all-star, all-NBA guy is misses 50 games in a season. Right. It's hard to win when that happens. No, you're right. Like, Because obviously Cat, number one overall pick, I'd say he's the second best guy on the team. You could argue he's maybe not the second most important. Like you can make that argument, but I do still think he's, you know, he's that top notch talent. Yeah. That's, that's a good point, you know, cause that's, that's something that slips a lot of people's mind cause they're Minnesota, you know, no one really pays that much attention to them unless they're good. So this year, now that they're good, we're looking at them. And it, it, to me, it's impressive that they've been able to keep it up for this long and the teams that they've beaten, cause they beat the Celtics earlier this year. They beat the Nuggets yeah. at some point. So that's that's what makes me think that this should be able to translate and like carry over the course of the year. Now, are they ready? Yeah. Probably not. But even this is massive for a franchise like Minnesota. Even if they just win one playoff series, that's, that's a huge, huge win for them. Right. They haven't won one since like 2003-ish, I think. KG era. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's – it's different strokes for different franchises. It's kind of like the Lions in football. Like the Lions winning the NFC North is a massive achievement. While if the Bears or the Packers or I don't know, whoever were to win their division, it's like, all right, this is step one. Now what are you going to do from there? But for like a team like for like poverty franchises, hate to call them that, but poverty franchises, it's the little victories that mean a lot. So yeah, I agree. 
so those are the surprises. I don't imagine you're surprised at all about the Celtics having the best record. They had a lot of continuity, even with the big swings that they've taken. But how do you feel about them? Do you feel the same? Do you feel they're different? I feel even more confident in them winning this year than I even even before the season started. Derek White has taken a, a step. He's a fringe all-star now. Chris Stapps has been better than I thought he could ever be healthier than I thought he could be so far this year. I think he's missed like five games, maybe. Whoa. And that, yeah. Drew Holiday has been really good. Horford. He's old, but he's still pretty good for what he is. And then Jalen and Jason are still, you know, all-star, all-NBA guys. So I'm really high on the Celtics still. Championship or bus season. I believe that. I think they can win it. If they don't, I will be disappointed like I was last year when they didn't win. But I think this team this year is better than the one last year. So, yeah, it's championship or bust for me still. Yeah, and I I agree with all that. Like, I last year over the course of the season, I felt like it was the Celtics and it was the Bucks as far as, like, who – who could win it all? Obviously, the Nuggets kind of came out of nowhere to surprise people, but well, not came out of nowhere, but you know what I mean. Like they took yeah. that leap. But like I already believed in the Celtics like over the past few years. But I agree. Like the moves you guys have made are they're incredible. Like Drew Holiday over Marcus Smart is it's a massive upgrade that you won't see in the stat book as far as like a lot more points or a lot more you know impact on like you know points given up per possession or whatever. But you just feel it, like it. I the think a lot of it, making at end of games. Exactly. Marcus Smart would pull up for the dumbest threes or do the dumbest passes. But Drew Holiday, he's played with you know Anthony Davis and yeah, and uh, you know Giannis and other people. He's like he knows to get the ball to the team's best player and just not get out of the way, but be ready to make a play right. if he needs to. You know, stand in the yeah. corner, or like set a good screen or something. He knows like what to do to win, which I think Marcus, I love Marcus. He's one of my favorite players of all time, but like he always thought he was the Celtics. Like, I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. He thought he was like the team all the time. It would not pass to, you know, Jalen and Jason or when we had Kemba and like Kyrie and all those years, he wouldn't pass it to them at the end of the games. We lost a lot of games we should have won because of it. You know, it's just frustrating. And Drew knows his place, kind of. Right. Yeah, I I agree. That's a good angle as far as, like, the knowing your role and, like, Marcus Smart thinking he was, like, you know, Mr. Celtic or whatever. But because that was real. Like, you could definitely feel that. Like, I always thought that was, like, part of what was always – made me feel better as a Bucks fan as far as like how why we might be able to beat the Celtics. Well, because Marcus Smart's going to give us a few that he shouldn't. So I agree absolutely on the Drew front that massive upgrade, especially for end of game, which is, you know, obviously going to be the most critical part once we get to playoff basketball. And the Chris Stapps angle of it is very interesting too, because you guys, I feel like you've had, you've had Horford who's been like this stretch four, but outside of that, it's been kind of like clunky big guys, like, yeah. Uh, like uh, Robert Williams or like even Baines, Daniel right. Tice, Amir right. Johnson. All exactly. Like, like these big kind of clunky big men. Like that's the best way I can and describe them is they're just a little clunky. And now you got 
this kind of unicorn stretch four who gives you all that same stuff that Horford does, but he's significantly younger with a higher upside. And I, I think his ability to like any given game have like a 30 piece is definitely crucial because it with Horford, if you were going to put up 30, it means he went like eight for 10 from three. And obviously that's, you know, not super sustainable. So that that's real too. And then Derek white just continuing to ascend is just, it it makes this team look really good. Now it's just going to all be like, can you put it together when it comes to the conference finals and the finals? It comes down to Tatum. I honestly, I it just comes down to Tatum. Like Jalen Brown can only do so much. Like he's an all-star, all NBA guy too, but he's the second best player in the team. Right. He doesn't get the passes at the end of the game. Really. It comes down to, you know, what Tatum can do. If he can just be tighter. I don't know. He just needs to step up. He didn't last year, a couple of years ago when we made the finals, he stepped up a bit, but last year it just kind of fell apart for him. And, that's the one thing I've been watching for this season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree that the Jason Tatum piece is real because everything else is put together so well to where it's now it's, do you have the right superstar or not? That as simple as that. So Celtics look, look great. No excuses once we get to the end of the road, but uh, we'll, we'll continue on here. So we, you know, can stick to our time frames of like an hour, hour, give or take here today. So last time that you were on here, well, you know, you were obviously pro Celtics and I was obviously pro bucks. So kind of same exercise here on like reviewing where the bucks are, which after like a shaky start, the bucks have put things together to, they're figuring out their identity still, but in that process, they're 23 and eight. They're the two seed. They're one game back from the Celtics. Second best record in the league. Like while figuring out their, who they are, like how do they fit together? What defense are they even playing? Like that was a big thing. The first like 10 to 15 games. Now the, they still have holes. Like I, I do think I want to see more on the defensive end. Like we're putting up some awesome numbers on offense. Like even the other day against the Nets, we won, 144 to 122 or something like that, which is incredible. We play with a lot of pace and our half court offense is a lot better because of Dame and even Malik Beasley with his shooting that he's had at least to start the year. Uh, But I do want to see improvement from the bucks on the defensive end, specifically at the guard position because Dame, not an elite defender, obviously he's might, he's, he's a negative on defense for the most part. And even Beasley's not that great of a defender and Connaughton seems to be slipping a little bit. So the Bucks do still have some work to do, but overall I'm optimistic. You know, Giannis is having arguably his best offensive season of his career with, you know, 30 plus points per game averaging. Like I think it's about 10 boards, five assists, something like that. He's shooting 60%. So like he's doing Giannis things and Dame could be more efficient, but the volume is there and he, is fixing end of game problems that the Bucks had. And Middleton seems like he's getting back to his close to his prime self, or at least, you know, resembling it. So a lot of good, but I do still have questions if they want to be able to topple the Celtics. The thing I worry about with the Bucks is like an outsider is like in a playoff series, even especially now that Drew is gone, who's guarding yeah. Jimmy? Who's guarding Jalen and Jason, who's guarding Jalen Brunson? You know, who's guarding Donovan Mitchell? You're like, right. Who's guarding like these shiftier, like bigger wing, like, I mean, bigger guard wing guys, you know, like Pat Connaughton 
kind of was that guy. He's like he did it okay, but now he, like you said, he slipped a bit this year. So like, I, that's why I'm Bochamp. Maybe he can step up because Middleton's lost a step or two. You know? Yeah, from a defensive standpoint, for sure. Like that's what I worry about with with the Bucks. Like that. Because in the East, there's a lot, like, you know, even Julius Randle the other day, they couldn't really guard that well. Right. Because, like, even though him and Giannis are both power forwards, he's so, like, much smaller and kind of a little quicker, you know? Yeah. Quick twitch, because Giannis is one of the fastest athletic guys in the league, but he can't keep up with, like, those smaller wings because they can just, you know, have a little quicker step to them. Oh, Absolutely. I don't know who they can get. I don't know who will be like available in the trade market. I, I saw they uh, – I was looking at something today. They're interested in both Royce O'Neal and Dorian Finney-Smith on the Nets. Yeah. Well, getting one of those guys could swing a series for them, you know. But, like, I, they have to improve their, their guard and wing defense if they want to be, like, in the finals again. I agree. And – I think the Bucks' strategy has been they looked at last year, especially. So this is my inside perspective, having watched you know them obviously a lot closer. Yeah, I haven't watched them much as much this year, you know, because I'm always watching Celtics games. Right. They're like usually at the same time. Yep, just happens to be that way. But I think a big factor in the Bucks' decision decisions this offseason was that. Obviously, Drew Holiday. I've I felt for years now, even before he was a Buck, that he's the best perimeter defender in the game. And with that, he he gave Jimmy Butler all he could handle, and Jimmy Butler was still eating us alive. And basically, what the Bucks, I think, their decision making process was, is that yeah, like having like these defensive stoppers is great, but if we can't put up points to just simply outshoot them, like then it's all for naught. And yeah. I I think that they looked at what the Nuggets did last year to where first half of the year, they were probably what, like 20th, 20 to 20 to 25th ranked defense stat wise. But then like the final 10, 20 games of the year, they were probably around like the 10 mark. And basically they're kind of believing that with like chemistry that they can fix their defense over the course of the season to be good enough so that their elite offense can take them over the top i think the bucks are buying into the fact that you don't need to have a top five defense in the nba to win it all anymore which is a risky proposition because the nuggets again like even though they weren't ranked super high by the end of the season they were playing as good as defense as anybody so it's risky i do think they need to make at least one addition for a perimeter and wing defender especially I would ideally want someone with a bit of size so that they can guard a Jimmy Buckets, for instance, or even, you know, a Jason Tatum for that regard or Jalen Brown. So I certainly want to see them make a move as well. And I do think they will. The Bucks have been pulling rabbits out of their ass for years now, as far as like somehow bringing in PJ Tucker to go on a run, somehow swing yeah. the game trade. Like they do not care about mortgaging the future, which I is the right move for a team like the Bucks because of our history. So I 100% agree with you. I got nothing else to say on that one, then. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. It's going to be really fun to see. I hope we finally get to see these guys, the Celtics and Bucks, match up in the playoffs again this year and that the Heat stay out of the damn way. Oh, man, Bucks got to win a series if you want that to happen. All right, Kyle, we're not getting into this. All right, so 
I think it was last time when you were on that we did the preseason predictions for the NBA. Yeah. So now we're each going to get one mulligan. So from like a golf standpoint, it's basically a redo on your on your stroke, on your swing there. So we're each going to use one, just one. So you got to be picky here. Kyle, what are you using your mulligan on? I wrote down a few, but I was picking one. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you want to go quick, we can go through a few. No, I, I had to thunder at like the eight seed in the, the playoffs. I I was wrong. They're so much better than being barely in the playoffs. They might have they have an outside outside chance of just even making the finals this year. So yeah, yeah, yeah I'm taking that one back. Well, I had like the Pelicans and like fucking like jazz over them i feel dumb. jazz man they i don't know what it is with them uh but yeah so the thunder was actually something i'm proud to say i was right on i had them as my three seed uh drake went even further and had them in you the know, finals yeah he had them winning the finals i'm pretty sure yeah yeah fuck he's, he's a nut uh which is still a little crazy but my mulligan i i have to use it because it was so bad i didn't even have the t-wolves in the playoffs I think you had them as like the six or seven seed. Something like Drake had them as like the eight. I had them out. I thought they were going to struggle, and I thought they were going to be shipping out Cat at the trade deadline. So as dead wrong as it gets, and I – so they're my biggest surprise, and they're my mulligan all at the same time. (laughs) Fair enough, man. (laughs) So I think – the to me personally, I don't think the NBA season starts until after the trade deadline. Like now we're starting to figure out what teams are, but what they really need. So there's still a lot to happen over the course of even the regular season. What are you most excited to see? Um, The Celtics continuing to dominate the league, obviously. <laughs> no, but I have a few more. I have a few more. Uh, seeing the downfall of the Suns, Warriors, and Lakers is mm. pretty fun. I, I would like to see that continue. I just I want to get keep see them losing. Maybe two of them miss the playoffs. I wouldn't mind that. Fuck those teams. I don't like those teams at all. Shocker. You don't like the Warriors that beat you in the finals a few years ago, and you don't like the Lakers that are your rival. Shocker. I like KD, but I I just don't like the I don't like the Suns. I don't like the way they've gone about like their team the last year. Mm-hmm. It was just dumb, and they deserve to lose because of how dumb they they built that team. So what oh, do you mean that by? Do you mean that by like the trades they've made? Do you mean that by canning Monty Williams? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. All of the they above. had a good team. They had a good team. They could have ran back Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, <laughs> Booker, and uh, DeAndre Ayton this year. Yeah. Probably would have been fine. But they traded – I didn't. I don't know, man. Like, But – Firing Monty Williams might have been the good, you know, might have been a good decision. I don't know. Looks that way right now, but yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Oh man, speaking of that shit, the Celtics are down ten to the Pistons right now. That's not fun. <laughs> there goes. But, the yeah, but I don't. Uh, losing streak or twenty eight. Yeah, dude, I I knew they were gonna lose this game coming into it, but uh, yeah, I don't, I just don't like it. They they had a good team. They only played like 10 games together total. They yeah. should have ran it back. Beals, since when has Beal been a difference maker on a team? Never. never. No, yeah, never. that's what I'm saying. They spent so much on him, and then they traded away Aiton for Yusuf Nurkic and Grayson Allen. That's yeah. just dumb. I don't get it. 
I don't, I don't they deserve I, to lose. I agree with that. Like, and that that's what I had as my like what do I want to see most was how are these microwave super teams gonna play out? Meaning, like specifically the Suns and Clippers. So, like, obviously the Clippers are on the uptick, it seems like. Yeah, Harden's clicking well with those guys. Yeah, for now. Now we'll see how that translates over the course of the year. But I want to see how, like, that forms out. But on the Suns side, I, I agree with you that I was okay with what they were doing-ish. Like, I didn't love it. I, I was, I'm was i a big Monty guy, even though he's obviously not doing well in Detroit so far. Like, he didn't start good in, in Phoenix either. It took some time. But – I didn't like that. I didn't love the Beal move, but I was okay with it. And I, they brought in uh, Vogel, the coach, and I was like, maybe this makes sense. But then when they traded Aiden is when I was like, what are we doing, guys? Like, like what are we doing? And I, I agree. It's kind of head scratching. I, I do want to see them pick it up a notch and, you know, get into the playoffs and kind of make keep things interesting as far as I want to be able to watch that seven versus two seed game and actually have some interest, you know, like, yeah. Like I, I want to see good matchups in the playoffs. So I hope they turn it around and figure it out. But man, KD's been great, but they got to get healthy. I think Beal's, I think Beal, Booker, and Durant have played like 20 minutes together this whole season and they're 30 games in or so, you know? Yeah. It's like every KD super team since the Warriors just can't stay on the court. Yeah. It's, I don't. He he wants to win somewhere else so badly, but it is he gets the worst it. luck. I don't know. I kind he of does. feel bad for him. At the same time, it's like it's kind of what you get for getting like two free rings, right. you know? No, I, 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 yeah, I'm not gonna feel sorry for him. At the end of the day, you know, I, I personally was a fan of wanting him to stay in OKC at the time. Oh, everyone uh, was. All right. Obviously, we got to at the time. I hated the Warriors super team, but we got to see a level of basketball that we really haven't seen this uh, like this decade. So, you know, from that perspective, as time goes on, I'll look back and be like, "Man, that team was just so damn good." Uh, so, KD, yeah, he does kind of deserve it. It's kind of like the path he chose and everything like that. He's just choosing bad partners at the end of the day. Like you chose Kyrie, you chose Harden, and now you're choosing uh, Booker and Beal. Just not the greatest choices, but we'll, we'll see how, how things play out for them as the season goes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's pivot to, let's pivot to the, to the NFL. Let's talk some football since, uh, you know, we are in the thick of things here and quickly going through our medalists from the past week, bronze, silver, gold, Kyle, you know, the drill kick us off with bronze. Uh, Joe Flacco. I put on hey. a bronze. Had a really good game. I think uh, three games he started, he's had like 300 yards each yep. time. And I'm pretty sure he's only had started three games this year. I'm not. I'm not quite sure, but I know his last three games he's thrown 300 in every game. Yep, looking really good. To the point where I'm like, why wasn't he starting all season? Right for a team, you know? Yeah, uh, it's like I said to you in the in our fantasy chat the other day. Like when you said that, I was like. That's kind of like what happens when you play for like a team like the Jets or something like that. Like you look like tainted goods. But if Flacco had some decent flashes on the Jets, but it's I think the NFL like they just like started to believe that like old quarterbacks were washed and there was no value to them when really your your situation that you're plugging them into is so much more important. Like if they were to plug in like a, a Matt Ryan or something, would he have any positive effect? I don't know. 
Jay's been big on pushing that agenda on someone needs to sign Matt Ryan. I disagree. I think he is washed. But Flacco, yeah. he's a gunslinger. You know, he's a slinger. If you give him a good old line and some weapons, he can make magic magic happen. I saw something on Twitter the other day. It's like Joe Flacco went on that crazy Super Bowl, a Super Bowl run and played against you know, Paolo Malu and Ed Reed in practice every day. Yeah. It's like he's not scared of these new defenses, you know? Yeah. Like he's not intimidated yeah. by any of these these guys. I saw that too. It was like uh, you know, Flacco went against TP and Ed Reed. These new safeties are sweet to him. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny to think about. Uh, so that's a good one. He's obviously been balling out. Love to see that. I've always been a big Joe Flacco guy myself. Uh, my bronze medalist is Malcolm Kuntz on the the Raiders. He had three sacks and four tackles for loss against the Chiefs, which uh, is starting to become a reoccurring thing as far as defenses having their day against the Chiefs. But he balled out. He's uh, he, he kind of looked like Khalil Mack during that game, and he's from – uh, he went to Buffalo as well. Oh, really? And he's on, yeah, and he's on the Raiders. So, like, those are that's pretty much where the parallels end. Yeah. But I didn't really watch much of that game. That was a Christmas Day game, right? Yeah, that was the. Yeah, the I really kind of watched much of that one. I was like in and out to start, and then I plugged in for like the whole second half, and I was like, all right, when are the Chiefs going to get it? And they just never did, which is another topic. But yeah, Malcolm Kuntz, a nobody that no one knows, who had a <laughs> hell of a day. Am I up or is it you? Uh, you can go again with the silver. Uh, Brees Hall had 95 <laughs> and 95 uh, yep. receiving and rushing. I knew uh, it. Yeah, really good game. One of the best games I've ever seen of like from a running back in like, recent years. Yep. Two touchdowns, I think, also. Mm-hmm. It was a great did. game for like a pretty bad offense. Who Was it Tim Boyle? Did he start the other day no, for them? Uh, Trevor Simeon. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's who it was, yeah. Either way, you know, you're back and you're still able to do that, put up those numbers. Yeah, that was awesome. And uh, obviously you had him have him in fantasy, so he yeah. almost carried you to victory. I had the same thing in one of my leagues in the semifinals. I had Brees Hall put up like 40-something, but then just went against someone a little bit better, I guess. So I, that's my silver medalist too, Brees Hall, monster. No, oh, nice. If only they had an O-line. Could you imagine the season he'd be having? All right. Aaron Rodgers might be alive if they had an O-line. <laughs> you, you are correct. All right, Kyle, who takes home the gold? Oh, Amari Cooper, easily. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, no one else could. I Best know. game anyone's had like this whole season pretty much, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, let's see. He, I wrote down 11 for 265 and two touchdowns. That is nuts. Like, I think that, he could have had one more touchdown, but he got taken down in like the mm. like within the 10. I'm not sure, though. I'm that could be a fake memory I'm having. Could be. I don't remember, but I didn't catch a ton of that game live. It was more so like as things went. But yeah, Amari Cooper, he's a beast. He's out tonight, which is a big bummer. Oh, uh, is he? Yeah, it was a late minute scratch. So that that's Elijah stayed. Moore about to go off then. For sure. Him and Joe Flacco connection. Oh no, and Najoku. Najoku's gonna go crazy. He's been going crazy though, which is annoying because I am going against him in fantasy. It shows like all the they've had these guys for like two years and now they get Flacco. Joe Flacco off like, you know, to sit on his couch at home and they're having the best games of their careers. It's crazy. The Browns? I love the Browns, dude. Like before they're likable the- now that they don't have Watson. Right. Yeah. That's even, yeah, they're even, yeah, I, I agree with that. They're more likable. They're this comeback story. They're gritty. 
man, they're doing this without like half their cap too. If you think about the Watson and Chubb. Oh, you know, yeah. I forgot about Chubb. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, a lot of people have, which is crazy because he's, you know, top three running back in football, but yeah, Browns are an off- awesome story. We might get to them again later, but let's pivot away from medals about at the half hour mark here. So want to cover a lot of ground really fast with you here, Kyle, and that's going to be going through the question King. So I'm going to lead some questions. I'll have you lead your answer. I might chime in a little bit, but goal is to get through each of these in about a minute or so. So first one, I know you're, you're excited to talk about. So Russell Wilson has been benched. And the first question here is simple, fair or unfair? I think it's unfair. I think he's been a top 10 quarterback this year. And it's the only reason they're not paying him is because if he gets hurt and can't pass a physical, they own $37 million in the offseason. Like, it's simply just they don't want to pay him the money that, like, he deserves. I don't, I don't get it. I think Sean Payton is overrated and a bitch. I always thought that. I never thought he was a good coach. You know, how are you going to trust the guy who led Bounty Gate to be, like, your I – don't, I don't get it. How are you going to trust him to be the one telling the truth? Now, that's fair. That's a fair critique of the Sean Payton front that does get forgotten a lot over as time goes on. Like people just don't think about Bounty Gate anymore or attribute it to him. So I understand that. And Russell Wilson's been playing obviously a lot better than he had last year. Like his number is what, like 26 touchdowns, something like that, like 10 or less interceptions. Like I think he has eight interceptions. Right. So he's been very efficient. So I understand, and I personally am – I never abandoned Russ as he's gone through the struggles in Denver or even at the end of his tenure in Seattle. What I think that Sean Payton is seeing is a lot more to be desired. It's like there's a lot – like there's some meat left on the bone with the Broncos offense this year, at least the way I feel anytime I have a chance to watch. is like, yeah, they're fine. They're way better than it was last year. But if I'm just watching, I feel like I see some open guys that don't get the ball. And I feel like Russ has kind of gotten to be a little bit unwilling to stand in the pocket and take some hits or even extend the play and take a hit and throw on the run a little bit, which I get. That's fair. Brady did that at the end of his at the end of his career, as far as like, you know, get it out quick, like, you know, keep my passer rating good and all that stuff. So not blaming him for it. I do think it's a mistake for the Broncos, though. Like while I see what they're thinking. Last year around this time, I chastised the Raiders for doing the same thing with Derek Carr and Russell Wilson's better than Derek Carr. So I'm going to, I'm going to be consistent. And I I do think it's a little unfair and a little unwise because they do still owe him a lot of money for a lot of years to come. What are you going to do? Go with Jarrett, the javelin Stidham and hope he can lead somewhere. That's what bothers me the most is they they were like oh our best chance to win is like with Jared Stidham it's like that's just a lie you know say just benching Russ because you don't want to pay him the money don't, right. don't make up that Jared Stidham is this you know the quarterback that anyone thinks is good right he's not no and he had the one good game against the Niners mm-hmm. last year that maybe they were fooled by when he first started uh, but it's it's kind of strange though because. Regardless of saving any money, like 
you're on the book. He's on the books. He's on the books for years to come. He, even if he's on your team, whether he's on your team or not in Denver next year, he's going to be the biggest dead cap hit of all time. And it's by yeah. a pretty big margin. And the year after that, I think he's still a top 10 cap hit of all time. So like they are nowhere near exiting the woods here. So I, I just don't see it. I just don't get it. Like at this point, unless you've seen something in Jarrett Stidham that the rest of the world hasn't, you may as well have just rode it out with Russell Wilson until you got to a good exit ramp on the highway. Or, or if Stidham's so good, start him weeks earlier, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I think so, we've talked enough about that one, though. Yeah, I agree. We don't need to spend too much time on uh, the Broncos who have kind of fizzled their way out of their playoff chance, in my opinion. Now, other teams that are fizzling, slipping a little, specifically contenders, namely the Chiefs, who we mentioned a little bit earlier as far as the offense sputtering. The Eagles went on a little losing streak, barely made it past the Giants this past uh, Christmas Day. And then uh, the Cowboys, who have lost back-to-back now. Who do you think is the least likely to go on a playoff run? So basically, like, whose concerns do you think are the most concerning? Chiefs. Mm. They've looked the worst out of those three teams all year. They beat up on bad teams. Earlier in the season, they beat up on bad teams, but they can't even do that anymore. Right? They can barely beat bad teams. They lost to a bad team the other day. The Raiders. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's them by far for me. Like the Eagles and Cowboys, I don't know. They can each probably make a run to the championship game, but I think it's the Niners, you know, NFC to lose. So, I agree with that that the chiefs have been the most concerning of the three because their problems seem like they, the hardest to fix. Yeah. No one's open. And when they are open, they can't catch. And the run game as a result have, has stalled. And Kelsey, all these games now too. Yeah. It's such a big part of their offense when he's healthy, but we missed like two games and he got hurt again, this last game. And yep. Crazy. And he's one of those backs to where if he isn't at like close to 100%, he can't be that chaotic physical runner that he, you know, that makes him such a special player. So their offense is certainly concerning. The good thing for them is that defense is still legit. Like I think that can still carry them. And I, I've been scarred enough by Tom Brady led Patriots teams that offenses looked like shit all year and then all of a sudden come playoff time because they have a top five defense, they win 20 to 17, 20 to 17, and somehow get into the Super Bowl. Now, that'll be hard with teams that they'd have to play, like the Bills, the Ravens, the Dolphins, whoever. So theirs is the most concerning. But if I were to say least likely to go on a playoff run, and I mean like deep playoff run, I mean like championship game, championship or Super Bowl. It's going to be whoever loses the uh, the NFC East. So right now that looks like it'll be the Cowboys, which I'm not abandoning them. They were my pick to win the NFC in the preseason, but they look just looks like teams have kind of figured out a way to beat them, run the ball on them, and then on the the defensive end or guarding their offense, teams aren't all that worried about their run game. So to me, the Cowboys seem like the least likely because they'll probably be the five seed. Go add a hot, a red hot Bucks team, then probably at like the the I don't know the the Eagles or the Niners next. So it's a tough road. I 
if the Bucks have like a good defensive game, they could just beat them first round wild card weekend. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So some, you know, I, I think they're all still alive. I think we both uh, agree on that. But you mentioned the Niners being, you know, it's their conference to lose, which I 100% agree with. They just got whopped by the Ravens on uh, on Monday Night Football, the kick to really like put a cap on the holiday weekend. What are your takeaways from that game, like on, on the Niners side or or Ravens? I know. I think the Ravens might just be the best team in the league. You know, like I don't know. They looked. They've looked really good all year. What they've lost three ish games, I think three. Like I, this might just be Lamar's year to win. You know, that not even that whole team. Their defense has been good all year. I think I feel like they're getting healthier. I I haven't been paying attention too much, but I think they're getting healthier. You know, they're getting towards the postseason. Roquan's been one of the best linebackers in the league all year. He's leading a, that defense. He's a beast. And like, hate him or not, Lamar can get you a first down at any moment in like a, a part of a game if you need it, you know? Yeah. Like, if it comes to that, if Lamar needs to get 10 yards, I, I'll put my money on him getting 10 yards some down, somehow in like a third and 10, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I think the Ravens, I you know, 49ers, they did look not great. But who knows if that's just like a plane on a holiday? Who knows where like you know their heads were at? Because I don't know how that feels. So maybe that has something to do with it, being away from their families and whatnot. You know. But yeah, I think the Ravens are probably just the best team in the league. I agree with that on the Ravens side, especially they were they were my preseason Super Bowl pick, so I'm feeling really good about that. But man, they're just. Their defense, uh, you mentioned it. Ever since they got Roquan last year, it's been incredible. And no, this year, I want to pay that guy, dude. I, I thought it was a terrible decision at the time. You're like, oh, why pay Roquan when we could pay T.J. Edwards and uh, uh, what's his name, Edmonds? At the they've been time? good though, huh? They've been good. They have, but have they been Roquan Smith? No, no. So. Ever since that, their their defense has been absolutely elite. And this year, they have a rare opportunity to lead the league in sacks, turnovers, and like uh, I think points given up as well, which is incredible considering like teams like the the, the Browns, for instance, that they you know that are like an elite defense right now, or even the Chiefs or whoever, the Niners, whoever you want to include in there. So the defense, <laughs> defense has been turning it around. So that's that's real. So on the Ravens side, I agree. They are electric. You mentioned Lamar. Uh, I'm a big proponent of Lamar. It's I have a thing to where if I am a doubter on someone and they prove me wrong, I become their biggest supporter. And I was a doubter on Lamar before he got in. Since then, he's done amazing things. And I think this year he tackles the next hurdle as far as like playoff questions. Uh, but you mentioned health. They've been unhealthy and unlucky injury-wise for a couple years, really. But as long as Lamar and the key defensive players are healthy, I'll take them against anybody in a straight-up game. So I agree with the Ravens aspect. From a Niners standpoint, we saw again – so it's been a while. It, it was The last time we saw this was in the their three-game losing streak. But teams, if you can punch the Niners in the mouth, which is not easy, only a handful of teams in football can do that. But if you can – if you can get a jump on them early to where they're playing from behind, 
you have a really good shot because Kyle Shanahan stinks from playing with the deficit. Yeah. I, even then, I they just look so out of whack after they go down because they're just not used to it, you know? Right. Like they don't, it's kind of like they don't know what to do, kind of, especially Brock Purdy. Cause like, oh, yeah. Now he's lost like what, like six games so far, even that, maybe less as a starter in the NFL. Yeah, like five. He's just not used to losing. No. So like they, they do look a little, you know, like they don't know what to do when they're losing. Everyone's trying to make too big of a play kind of thing on their offense. It's just, I don't, I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl. I think they'll probably win the win the NFC, but I think the Dolphins or the Ravens could beat them if they play them in the Super Bowl. Hmm. Yeah, I it would be a tough choice once the time comes. Now, from like a pro Niners standpoint, you can make the argument that they should have lost by a lot more than they did. Their defense showed a, they show that they are still an elite defense of just holding the holding the Ravens electric offense to field goals because five turnovers, like, you know, that could have been a 40 burger, you know, like losing by that much. So there is reason for optimism from them. Season's not over. Sky's not falling. They do still look like the class of the NFC, but Ravens look like the class of the NFL. Who do you think can beat the Ravens in the, in the AFC? The Dolphins, who I had picked to go to the Super Bowl, uh, you know, preseason. Yep. I think that just because if it gets to a track race, I think the Dolphins are just most set up for that than anyone else in the NFL. Hmm. You know, it's like you just need to put up points in a game. The Dolphins can score easier than anyone else in the league. That's fair. And I like how their defense has improved since Jalen Ramsey has gotten back too. That is what makes me think that they have a shot now. I I do think that they need to get the one seed to do it. I don't trust them going on the road to a colder environment come January. So they just need one team to beat the Ravens and then they're home, you know. They play the Ravens this week, so it's on them. Oh, I mean, oh, I mean like in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah, it's need one team to, you know, whoever wins the that wild card game matches up with the Ravens. They just need yeah. them to beat them. But then it's I guess wild card. Yeah, I guess, you know, that team beat the Ravens, so I guess I kind of would be scared of whatever team that is. <laughs> right. And obviously you can't avoid everyone in the playoffs. But uh, speaking of wild card, I think it is a wild card who is the team that would have the best shot at beating them. And I think it's the Browns. Just the fact that they played them twice a year, that they match them on the defensive front. They know how to play Lamar, which is a big factor in slowing him down. So that's a team that if I'm the Ravens, I don't want to have to play Joe Flacco in in uh, in the Browns defense. Mm. Like that would be a really cool matchup, Flacco versus the Ravens. You've seen that uh, that that comedian. Uh, he's done that thing about how the Ravens fans still love Flacco and shit. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I think so. Yeah, I I I think half that stadium would still be cheering for Flacco. Right. Yeah. It's like a certain type of person, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like, you know, like he he was ushered out of the organization because Lamar came in. It was time. Yeah. So like there's no animosity there. So that would just be a cool sports, you know, sports uh, overall circumstance. All right, let's talk some Bears real quick. Nice. So right now you still hold the number one pick. 
and it's looking like you'll probably have it from Carolina because they. Uh, they need, I think I, they need to lose one more game, and we have the. It's like oh, clinched that we have. Well, the there you go. Pick. So for the Bears, let's assume you get the number one pick. Defense has been playing a lot better. Justin Fields has been playing better. Are you rooting for a QB, or are you rooting to trade it away again? That's hard, man. I, I, that's what all Bears fans have been thinking. This is kind of not, not worst case scenario, but like in your own head, trying to think like what to do it is kind of the worst case because we all want to see the team progress this year. And we have, and everyone wanted the first pick all year. And we yeah, do. Have. <laughs> yeah. Now what? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like some people are arguing. Uh, to get Caleb Williams just for financial reasons, so we can reset like the you know the the, clock the, pay, for, the clock because yeah. we just signed Montez Sweat to a big extension and remote Jalen Johnson's playing a lot is the best ball of his career. He's probably going to get a big extension, and we can't afford to probably give. I, I love Justin Fields, but what is he like at best around like? the 17th or so best quarterback in the league, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't afford to give him – because just – he'd probably get, like, a Daniel Jones contract and we see what's going on with the Giants, you know? That that would kill all the momentum that we have going. Yeah. I love Justin. I say we just send him to a, his hometown, Atlanta, Georgia. Agreed. For a second-round pick, and we take – Caleb Williams, or if they think Drake May is better, take him. You know? Okay. You guys need to say, all right, which one do we think is better? And then you take the opposite one because historically you guys always choose wrong <laughs> when it comes to top quarterbacks. That's a joke. But I, we I have I the choice of fields here. The other three guys, three guys were already gone at that point. That's fair. And I, That's I would fair. say it's even an argument that none of them are better than fields at this point right now. Who would that be? Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. Yeah. And then Mac Jones later in the draft. Yeah. It got picked like two or three after fields. Mm, There's, there's an argument to be made there. Obviously this season, at least not whole career this season. Sure. Fields could be the best out of all of them. Could be. I'd still go with Trevor Lawrence, but Oh, I, I get it. You guys are in a tough situation, but I personally, you guys need to stop overthinking it and just take take the golden opportunity in front of you to take Caleb Williams. That's like, what I think they're going to do. do. Unless because, somehow we make the playoffs and Fields goes on like some crazy dream run, then you can't get rid of them then, you know? Sure, sure. That's fair. But the way I look at it, is you can't go back-to-back years of having the number one pick and trading out of it, and you look back and you're like, damn, we should have had C.J. Stroud. Damn, we should have had Caleb Williams. And they're both I know Wright's been pretty good this year, though. Sure, that's fine. But at the end of the day, do you think the Browns were happy having Joe Thomas versus having any other quarterback that they missed on for a decade plus? Joe Thomas was pretty fucking good. He was. He was probably, he was probably a top-five tackle of all time in the NFL – and he never played a playoff game. So, yes, you need tackles, but you need quarterbacks more. So that's how I look at it. But I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to broadcast it too loud because as a Packer fan, I'd love to see you guys screw the pooch again. But sounds like you're torn. Like the Knicks, you yeah, you want to see us take Bo Nix or something first overall. <laughs> Fucking older than me somehow, Bo Nix. 
was having a conversation about that earlier today about how in college QBs of 25 and older should not be allowed to play. <laughs> All right. Last question on this front. So year of the dragon. Again, we kicked that off, but what that means is uh, I have it pulled up here. So the personality traits of people born in the year of the dragon are charismatic, intelligent, confident, powerful, and they are naturally lucky and gifted. So essentially this is when the rock stars, this is when like the, the leaders of, of a generation are born is in the year of the dragon. So figurative, figuratively, of course, who will be born in the year of the dragon? Essentially what star will emerge in each respective sport that we pay attention to that being basketball at the NBA football at the NFL, what star will be born over the next, let's say full calendar year. So 2024. Uh, I put, I put, uh, he's already kind of become a star so far this year, but Kyron Williams, Rams running back. Yes. I think he's going to lead. I think it'd be so funny if him and Stafford went in the Ford field and just beat the lions in their first home game, home playoff game in what, like 40 years or whatever. Yep. I think that would just be so funny. That's that's awesome. That's a great choice. And I say that not because not only because it's great, because I said that too. Tyron <laughs> Williams looks like the next Todd Gurley right now. Like it's been incredible. He's like Second, 120 yards per yeah. game since he came back from injury. And that includes going against Cleveland and Baltimore. So it's not like he's doing this against cupcakes. Second in rushing yards after missing like five incredible. games, I think. Incredible. Crazy. It's, like as much as as the attention goes to like Puka Nakua, you know, justifiably, like he's having an incredible rookie season. But what makes this offense go is Kyron freaking Williams. Yeah, I you know yeah, I, I, obviously I agree. I picked him. <laughs> so he's a he's a dragon that's born already. But I think people start to catch on more because I do. Th- I agree with you. I think they'll go if they do end up going to Ford Field playing the Lions. I think they're winning. How about on the basketball side? Uh, I know a lot of like basketball fans. Uh, you know, everyone knows he's good already, but I think more of like a, a deep playoff run and becoming a more of a household name. SGA, Shea Gilgis. You know, I think they can make like they could easily make the conference finals. They have a if they get lucky enough, a good matchup could make the finals. You know, yeah. Like that, that team's really good, and he's obviously their best player. And I think he's going to become like a, like a super superstar this next, like, you know, over twenty twenty four. Yeah, I agree. And I had a feeling you would put him, so I put SGA or Anthony Edwards. So it'll be hard for both of them to do that. But Unless they match uh, up in the conference finals, right? That would be pretty awesome which means someone would have to knock off the current dragon which is Jokic. uh so we're on the same page there so i thought my my unique pick was going to be kyron williams i should have known you've been a big kyron guy really all year long so even last year i i picked him up on my fantasy team and he didn't before he even played a game i picked him up because uh some fantasy guy was like he's going to be the best player like ever and i picked him up and he got hurt in warm-ups before week one of the 2022 season. He didn't play a single game, I think. And this year, he's like, oh, fuck that. You know, I'm not picking him again. And then, you know, he's like a top two running back in the league. Yep. Yeah. 
that's the lesson I've learned in fantasy is screw injury history. Just draft who you want to draft. Yeah. I just didn't think the Rams were going to be good, but like they're, they're pretty, they're pretty good. I like, they could make like a kind of deep run. I think they could. They are uniquely positioned because they've already played the Eagles. So they might have a, a good chance to scheme up something special. And the Eagles are obviously slipping and they play the Niners twice a year. So like, you know, like and, the top teams. Yeah. And a lot of their best players have already played and won a right. Super Bowl. Right. You know? They have that championship medal to them. I absolutely agree. Uh, Rams have been a real pleasant surprise, even after they slipped in the middle of the season. Like just, I agree. I, I I'm glad that they are like, solidified as a wild card because they belong in the playoffs. All right. Well, now that we're about the 55 minute mark, let's uh, let's wrap up quickly going through the week 17 picks. So first up tonight's game, we got jets at Browns, which I, as always made my pick beforehand, but Browns were favored by seven and a half coming in. That was before the Amari Cooper injury. So I don't, I don't know if that affected anything, but Kyle, who you got? Um, I haven't checked the score at all, but I'm going to say Browns. They're just the much better team. I agree. I got Browns 23-16, which means the Jets cover by half a point. Uh, I hate doing those. All right. Detroit at Dallas. Sneaky good game. Dallas favored by six at home. Detroit wins at home. Detroit's just been playing not great football recently. No. I think Dallas – Dallas is just better than them. I agree. I agree with you, especially at home. And even if they were on in Detroit, just because it's turf still, I I got Cowboys 31, 23 Detroit coming off basically their Super Bowl. Uh, So the, I think this is a little bit of a letdown for them. Tennessee at Houston, Tennessee has been feisty. Houston gets CJ Stroud back officially. And they are Tannehill going to start. What's the difference? <laughs> uh, Levis is better at this point. I don't but know. He's more Houston. Electric. It's Houston. CJ Stroud. They were rolling before he missed. Well, he missed like t- the last two games, yeah. I think. Two and a half. Kind of put him out of the playoff picture a little bit. Right. Which sucks. It would have been cool to see Stroud play in the playoffs, but it's, it's possible. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, it's Houston, Tennessee. I just I've not liked watching them once this year <laughs> come on derrick henry threw a touchdown last week oh yeah how many times they should have beat the seahawks they had them they had them defense Dude. sucks yeah i also got the texans 24 17 no need to overthink that one uh atlanta at chicago chicago favored by three at home which i originally was a little surprised on as i think about it, it makes a lot of sense they're playing better right now but mr bears fan I'm picking the Bears. Uh, last year when they played, they were pretty evenly matched, even when the mm-hmm. Bears were tanking and had a much worse roster. That's fair. And this year we have, for the last, like, eight weeks, we've had, like, I think it's, like, the third best defense in the league based on, like, some weird stat I know nothing about, but I saw on Twitter, so I'm, it's, like, it's the gospel to me now. But, like, yeah. Montez Sweat, fucking okay, – it sucks that we lost in Gakwe. It, our, our pass rush has been a little worse since we lost him like two weeks ago. But Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon and Taquan Brisker have all been playing really good these last few weeks. Tyreek Stevenson's one of the best rookies in the league. 
I think I think it's the Bears, and we can run the ball on anyone like for the last two years. So yeah, I got the Bears. Hmm. You almost convinced me to flip, but I, I do have the Falcons twenty to seventeen. I I just I don't know. I feel like the Falcons have a little bit more to play for right now, so maybe that gives them a little desperation factor. Uh, I hear what you're saying. Bears are playing a lot better than them, and it's at home, so maybe that pushes. Yeah, them outside the Atlanta's a dome team. You know, they're not bear weather. Bear weather this weekend. Yeah, the Falcons are out of their nest, but uh, I'm going to go with it. That's what the the gut says, so I'll roll with it. Uh, potentially, game of the week is Miami at Baltimore. Baltimore three and a half point favorites. Essentially, this is for the one seed. Where is it's in Baltimore, right? I'm going with them just because they're at home, a little yeah. worse weather, not in the nice, you know, Miami weather. And Javon Waddle has the high ankle sprain, might be out for the rest of the regular season. So I'm, yeah. go, I'm going with Baltimore because, you know, Miami's what missing like their third best offensive playmaker. Yeah. Not counting Tua because, you know, he's not really, quarterback can't really be like a playmaker unless he's like a, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Same thought process. I got the Ravens 27 21 winning at home, securing the one seed. Uh, Did that secure the one seed? Yeah. It will. Cool. Yes, it would because they would have the heads up and one fewer loss than the Dolphins and no one else is within striking distance. Uh, So now. Now we've got NFC South battle with the Saints at the Bucks. Bucks favored by three at home. I got, I got the Bucks. They've been playing really good these last few weeks. Their defense has been really good. Mike Evans is, you know, somehow still one of the most underrated players in the league. Yeah. Uh, Baker is quietly putting like his best season of his career together this year. Agreed. Yeah, and you know, I I I, I love the Buccaneers. I love watching them. They're not the best, but I think they're just a good like aggressive football team. Yeah. I agree. They're playing excellent, and they're they just look like clearly the class of at least the NFC South. So I do got the Bucks winning, sweeping the Saints this year, twenty seven twenty three. I think the Saints put up a fight, but the Saints have a knack to lose those games. Patriots at Bills. Patriots beat them last time, coming off a, a big win over the Broncos. But the Bills are at home, favored by eleven and a half. The Bills are rolling. It's the Bills. They've they've played like the team they should have been all year these last few weeks. They're playing the great football. I'm taking the Bills by a big margin. I agree. I got the Bills. The score I put was 24-13. I don't like that I have the Patriots covering by half a point, so I'm going to change it to 28-13 just because I think this is the game the Bills win by two touchdowns or more. I agree. They're rolling even though they – had a close call against the Chargers. That was like their chance to have a mess up game, and since they were able to pull it out, I think they sh- they're good to keep rolling. Yeah, they've done that so many times this year, and that was like the first time they're like, eh, "We'll just take care of business," you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Arizona at Philly. Philly is ten and a half point favorites at home. Dude, if, if Philly doesn't win this game, don't even show up for the playoffs. <laughs> like they should win this easily. If they get fucked by the, I mean, I guess maybe it could be tight because uh, what's it, Jonathan Gannon, you know, knows yeah. their offense yeah. a bit, knows what they do on defense too. I mean, it could be tighter because of that, but like, 
come at some point talent just has to win out in right. a game like this. Right. I agree with you. I, I do think the the Cardinals can cover that ten and a half point spread, but I do have the Eagles winning uh thirty one twenty three as they should. That's Jonathan Gannon uh, wrinkle is interesting. I didn't put too much thought into that, but I think that's a, a good thing to take note of. Battle of the Cats. We got Panthers at Jags. Both teams, obviously, well, the Panthers have never been high, but the, the Jags are sputtering. Six and a half point favorites at home, which isn't a lot when you're going against the worst team in football, but can they get it done? I'm, I'm going to say the Jaguars, but I would not be surprised if they've lost. They look so bad recently. <laughs> I know it's Lawrence gets a new injury every week and they're like, they don't sit him, just sit him for a week, you know, just let him rest. So like if you're in the playoffs, you need him. Cause like, what's the point of making the playoffs? He can't play, you know? Yeah. No, I hear you, but Trevor Lawrence guts it out every week and he will do it again this week. Jags will win, but I think it's going to be kind of ugly for a while. I do got the Jags winning 27, 17, uh, Panthers won't look nearly as good as they looked against the Packers on offense, but you never know. Jack's defense ain't too hot either. Raiders at Colts. Colts three and a half point favorites at home. A little bit closer of a spread than I was expecting, honestly. I got the Colts. They even though they shit the bed last week against the Falcons, yeah. I think that was Brutal. last week, right? Yeah. I they're still a, a pretty good fringe wild card team that should you know, win. I, I don't know. Right. I got the Colts. Yeah, I, I agree. I have the Colts uh, 24-20. I think the Raiders are playing hard. They'll keep the game close for a while, but the Colts just have more play for than the Raiders, so yeah. they, they should win this one. Rams, who we both just got done raving about, are four-and-a-half-point favorites at the Giants, who will be starting Tyrod, or Tyrod, as he prefers to go by. I got the Rams. Like you know, I, I was just talking about how much I, how good I think they are. We just got done with that like what ten minutes ago or whatever. Yeah, they're, they're a, a a team. They're a dark horse team for me for like a like a NFC Championship appearance. Even the you know maybe I don't know maybe Super Bowl appearance. Oh, you know? they maybe. got two you know superstars emerging along with Cooper Cup and. Higby's a reliable tight end. Stafford can sling the ball, make any throw that any other quarterback can make. Their defense, I don't know, their defense is like okay. That's all yeah. I'm going to worry about. Like Aaron Donald can only do so much. Imagine I, the one thing I've been thinking about is like if the Rams did have like still had Jalen Ramsey, I think they'd look a lot a lot better on that that end. But I think yeah. it was just time for those two to like separate. Yeah, and I think the Rams committed to their youth movement around like their cornerstone older guys, which looks like it's going to pay off now and moving forward. So agreed on the upside of the Rams. I do think they win this game and they cover 27-20. Giants can be a little feisty with uh, with Terod Taylor instead of you know Tommy Cutlets. As last time that he was healthy, he was playing well, and when he got in against the Eagles, he played pretty decent too. So it might be a tight game, but the Rams are certainly the better team and should win. The Niners, 12-and-a-half-point favorites coming off a loss going at Washington, and Jacoby Brissett will be starting. One quick thing, I sniped that call preseason that both uh, both Ritter and Howell would be benched this season. 
sniped it. Those guys stink. Howell's much better than Ritter, though. You have to, you got to say that. Oh, Howell's sure. much Ritter better. is garbage. Ritter's terrible. Brissett should have been starting all year. I, I agree. The Browns, like they have felt uh, Flacco now, but I think they they should have brought him back after last off season. They should have kept him. I agree. What they were in like the wild card mix up until Watson replaced them. You know, like right. I don't know. He should have been a starter all year. He's he's not a great quarterback, but he's consistent and makes the right throws, I think. I agree. And all that being said, I imagine you're picking the Niners to beat them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just kind of went on the little tirade right, right there. <laughs> yep, I also got the Niners winning and covering 31-17. I think the Actually, honestly, the Niners probably will score more than that, but um, I'll leave it as is. But Chase yeah. Young revenge game? Oh, could be another good. He's been pretty game. bad on that, you know. I, I don't know. Yeah, he he's been very bad. underwhelming his whole career. I, I 100% agree with you there. Pittsburgh at Seattle, two teams still in the respective wild card races. Seahawks are three and a half point favorites at home. Probably welcoming him in Mason Rudolph again for the Steelers. Is that the Sunday night game? Uh, I don't know. No, Packers Vikings is Sunday night. Oh, okay. Um, but I think it's the Seahawks. They've been playing better football these last few weeks. As Geno Smith has got healthier, uh, they have a really good running game with like you know, what's it uh, with Charbonnet and I'm, I'm blanking on uh, Kenneth Walker. Murray Walker. I don't Murray. Murray that's a, a linebacker. Yeah, yeah. I was confused. Yeah, Walker. They've and then they have one of the best, you know, receiving trios in the league, talent-wise, maybe not stats-wise, but like three well, guys that could go off like any game, you know. Yeah, they all have fifty-plus catches on the year. They're the only team that has. And their their tight yeah. end uh, Parkinson starting to play good too. Yeah, and then of course you still got <clears throat> Noah Fant there as well. So yeah, yeah, they got some pieces. All right, admittedly. I'm picking the the Steelers mostly because of my rooting interest for the Packers to sneak into the playoffs. I need the Seahawks or Rams to lose at least one more. So I'm picking the Steelers 20-17. I picked them last week to beat the Bengals, and they showed me something. Now, can they put it together for two weeks in a row? I don't know, uh, but I'm, I'm picking them. I'm, I'm, I'm going with what I want. All right, three games to go here. Cincinnati at Kansas City, not the same effect we were hoping for going into the year, but could be a sneaky good game. Chiefs are seven-point favorites at home. The Bengals DC owns the, the Andy Reid's offense. He owns Ooh, them. Amarillo or Amarillo, yes. whatever his name is. Yes. How he has not become a head coach yet is crazy to me. I, I, I think it's still the Chiefs, but I think it's a much closer game than people think it will be. Just because, like I said, the Bengals defense is like and this is the worst version of the Chiefs offense and like probably any of those matchups they've had so far, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I still have the Chiefs winning, but I think the uh, I mean the Bengals are going to put up a good fight. I agree. Chiefs 24-20, all the same reasons you said. And honestly, it could be a little lower scoring than that, which is weird to say about these two teams and when they match up. But sneaky good game, actually. Uh, not a sneaky good game. Chargers at Broncos. Broncos three and a half point favorites at home with Jared Stidham welcoming in Easton Stick, just like we all hoped for. 
This game's nasty. Uh, I'm going to take the Broncos just because they've been better. They have a better, I don't know. know. I'm just taking the Broncos. I don't really care about this game. I'm just going to say Broncos. I'm not going to put too much thought into it. Yep, I agree. Broncos 26-16 in a mostly unwatchable game. Now, the last game, Sunday Night Football, Packers at Vikings. Vikings two-point favorites at home. They will be starting uh, Jaron Hall, the rookie QB. This is his second start, I think, because he got hurt in the first yeah, one. Dobbs came in. Place, right. And, uh, I don't know. I, I don't – I never watched him play at BYU. I don't know how good he is. I'm picking the Packers just based off that. Like there's no little to no tape on Jaron Hall in the NFL. Like, you know, I, yeah. I can't confidently pick him. So I'm just gonna take the Packers. I'm gonna take the Packers too, 24 oh, yeah, 20. Of you are. Right. But you know, I gotta be honest, we might make Jaron Hall look like, you know, the next Joe Burrow or something with our recent track record. We let Tommy DeVito look like Eli Manning and lead a comeback drive against us. We let Baker Mayfield look like Tom Brady and have a perfect passer rating against us. We let Bryce Young look like Drew Brees and have the best game of his career against us and almost lead a game-tying drive at the end. So I'm, I'm a little nervous, and this Vikings defense is legit, but this is a game that Packers absolutely need to and should win 24-20. All right. Well, that's a wrap for everything that that I had prepared for us here today, Kyle. Again, I appreciate you joining, catching us up on basketball. And that's that's going to be it for the year of the dragon as we head into 2024, the year of the dragon. Let's see how our uh, our dragon picks play out over the the we might see it right away with Kyron Williams, honestly. Uh, But Kyle, thank you, as always, for joining. Oh, yeah, definitely fun time yeah and drake should be back on here in the coming weeks it's been a tricky schedule with work but we uh look forward to bringing you guys more content on a weekly basis this last one for the calendar year thanks everyone for tuning in check us out on youtube spotify and instagram all at mad talk sports and we will be seeing you again next week